Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gran Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Gran Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GranLeyendaTequila.com. Gran Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wins championships. Pride and passion meet success. You got to love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Come on, Las Vegas, let's go. Okay, welcome to the 22 NFL Draft. Thank you for watching the East West Football Podcast on the ASAP Sports Network. I am Fidel Barraza, alongside with me, like always, Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley. Gentlemen, how are you? Really good, really good. Hey, what what a absolutely crazy week of the NFL Draft. It was crazy, man. Fidel, I know you had fun. You was out there. So tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it in just a second. Jerry, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good, bro. I mean, shoot, like, like, like Kendall said, man. I mean, we watched the uh, NFL draft, right? Uh, and it was insane, right? Some of us are still torn up with our teams. Uh, but uh, overall, let's get into it, man. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as my draft experience in Las Vegas, it was great. I mean, it was a little bit hot, but it was it was really good. Got to interact with a lot of different people: Rich Eyes and Steve Mariucci, uh, Joe Thomas, just to name a few. Um, there was over a hundred thousand people there. So there's quite a bit of people there. Uh, the the whole setup, the, the way that they had the media set up was really great. Uh, they had a lot of different events. And I think uh, that's a, that's something maybe that the fans out there that are watching us and listening to us don't know. It's not just a draft. There's like a lot of different events going on mm-hmm. at the same time. They had the Hall of Fame buses out there. They had some of the NFL locker rooms out there. You can run the 40. Uh, it was just a really great event. And hats out to Las Vegas. I think the draft should be there moving forward. But obviously next year... It is going to be in Kansas City in the year after that in Detroit, I believe. But let's get into the results of the 2022 NFL draft. So, gentlemen, who would you say, and I'm going to go Jared first, who would you say had the best draft? 
Ooh, man, that that's a really good one, man. But I'm gonna go right to it. I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs were right there last year with the Bengals, uh, and 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 the actual divisional game itself, right? So, I mean, in the conference game, so they were one game away from being in the Super Bowl. You look what they did, and George Karloftis, that that was a defensive end that I, I wanted my team my team to draft, uh, but they're able to add that to go along with Chris Jones. Uh, you know, they added some, also some key pieces. They gave they gave um, a fourth, um, Trent McDuffie because that the corner had been kind of weak for them also, right? So they were able to get that, and they got Sky Moore, a very talented wide receiver. So Brian Cook, Leo Chanel, that's a that's a great draft. And watch out with these Chiefs, man. I think they reloaded and they're ready to rock and roll this season. Maybe get back to a Super Bowl. Oh man, I got oh, t- <laughs> one more, one more. The Jets. I'm sorry. Jets long term. I'll say this right now: long term, and in, in in the next two three seasons, that's gonna be a rock star team, man. A lot of people are gonna be jumping that bandwagon, just like the Bengals. So I'm oh, sorry about that. Go ahead. Well, I don't have to say much because you took mine, the Jets and whatnot. But I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Ravens as well. I like what the Ravens did. You just took uh, mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of we kind of crit or Chris cross back here. But I'm going to go with the Ravens here. Um, Jerry, you, you did a good one in the Chiefs. They had a really good draft. They served up some needs. The Jets, uh, I think the Jets draft is more so long in the, in the bigger picture. I don't think they're going to pay off right away. But I think in the bigger picture, the Jets the Jets going to come out and they're going to say they, have, they had the best draft. Ravens always draft well, though. Yeah, and, and I think it's kind of hard to say just to say one team that had the best draft because, I mean, there was multiple teams that did really great stuff. One of the other teams that I want to mention are the Philadelphia Eagles. And, I mean, they made a trade while the draft was going on for A.J. Brown, a huge, huge weapon for Jalen Hurts in that offense. So I think the Eagles and also with them dra- uh, drafting uh, Jordan Davis out of Georgia, Cam Jurgens a replacement for, for Kelsey whenever he does decide to retire. I mean, that team is loaded up, and they did it the right way. I mean, Howard Roseman did a phenomenal job kind of having all this draft capital and and then being able to trade for A.J. Brown really was the icing on top of the cake. I think overall, just to kind of rebuttal, Roy, because I feel like that's a direct shot at me because I'm a Cowboy fan. Uh, But just to say, I think the entire NFC East helped themselves out in this draft. But go ahead, Kendall. What about the Giants? How the Giants? They got Evan Neal from Alabama. They showed an offensive line and defensive line with um, Kevon Thibodeau from out of Oregon. So that's a pretty good draft for both teams. But yeah, all the, I think everybody in the East did good. Yeah. So so again, with every one, there's a loser. So yeah. if you guys didn't say who was the biggest loser of the draft this year, the Patriots, man. I'm right kidding. behind me. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I, I think the Patriots. They're still going to bring back the same team. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the 49ers, man, because, again, that's a team that was right there in the conference championship. They're literally uh, – wait. I mean, you're, yeah, they're literally in the conference championship. They're not They're not in the playoffs anymore. They're in the conference championship. They're in the Super Bowl. So I think that uh, when you come away with that kind of draft, like it, you would like to see a little bit more, I, I guess, aggressiveness, uh, especially when you're talking about mm-hmm. the, this season, next season. I mean, right now their their windows their windows wide open, and this is the opportunity for the, to make sure you secure impact players now. Now I know it's hard when you give away your first pick, but you gotta make those second and third really count. I don't want to say the Patriots. It's hard to say a Bill Belichick team lost the draft, but I don't want to say they lost it. But I think they reached on a bunch of players: Cole Strange, the um, guard out of Chattanooga. Then you got um, Taquan Thornton out of um, 
out of Baylor, whatnot, when you had George Pickens still on the board, still on the board, Sky Moore was still there. A whole bunch of pretty good um Nicobe Dean, um, the, the, the linebacker out of of I can't think of the college name right now, but uh, he was there. I mean, there was a lot of good players still on the board, and Bill Chick, he um he reached for a lot of players. Well, I don't even want to say Bill Chick. I'm hearing that Matt Grow was in charge of this draft for the Patriots. Devin Lloyd, Devin Lloyd, that's the name. Devin Lloyd was still there on the board or whatnot. So I mean, I mean, I, I think the Patriots could do a little better, but we're gonna see in a couple of years if this pay is off for the Patriots. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the Patriots as well. And I think they caught a lot of people off guard when you know when they picked 29th, and it was uh, Cole Strange, the guard out of Chattanooga. Not a lot of people knew about this player. Jerry, did you did you have any pros or cons on this player on your big board? I mean, honestly, I I thought that he was a third a third round talent, but I will say this: he had a, he has the the fastest quick step from all offensive linemen. So that's something that should be enlightening, right? Or to make you feel okay. Like, you know, obviously the Patriots bank on that they can develop these players. And I think that this is a developable, a a developable type of guy that can maybe come in and learn by trial and error right away for the and one thing we have to know too is that teams have their big boards and mark drafts as well they have their own yeah it's, go it's all gonna be different yeah they don't go off how these experts think so whoever's high on their board might have been different on an expert board or somebody else's board I, I you know what that this gives me resemblance to when the cowboys drafted travis frederick you know uh so it could i mean that that would be the great upside Again, the Cowboys also took a very, you know what I'm saying? Some people were calling calling a questionable offensive lineman with Tyler Smith, right? Because the biggest thing right now with the Cowboys was Connor Williams, <coughs> the former offensive tackle for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, before before he was drafted by the Cowboys in the second round, he was he was talked about being a top five uh, player in the draft. So for his stock to fall into the second round, Cowboys drafted him. And look, in, in the four years, he struggled. He couldn't grow into that system. And and, and you look at it, last offseason, uh, or last, last season, I mean, he got flagged like over, what, what was it, 15 times? Connor Williams. And now you're bringing in an offensive lineman that got flagged like also 16 times last <laughs> offseason. So there's some question there for for this for these type of moves, right? And I, I guess a lot of teams had these kind of moves or kind of questions. It, it, but I did like one of the picks that they made, and it was kind of not maybe a lot of people were thinking that they were going to draft a quarterback in the fourth round. But they ended up drafting Bailey Zappi, a mm-hmm. quarterback out of Western Kentucky, which I like the pick. Reason he can fling it. Pick. He can fling it, too. Yes, he can. And I feel like he – I'm not saying he's going to take the starting job away from Mac Jones, but he. I think he would be a really good backup if if Mac were to go down for whatever reason. And who knows? Maybe in the, in the preseason, he showcases town in the preseason, and maybe we can get a draft pick for him next year or something like that. You just never know. <laughs> you know what? I will say this, uh, and, and we can start transitioning right to, to the, the the latter part, right, um, of our conversation, right, which is going to be co- a quarterback topic. I love how all these NFL teams did not feel forced to go out there and draft the quarterback. In fact, uh, I think that was one of the most interesting storylines was the quarterbacks not going into the mid-round. So, I mean, Fidel, if you want to take over on that, and then let's get into it. Yeah, so, I mean, speaking of quarterbacks, we're going to have to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're the one that drafted the first quarterback off the board with Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. Essentially, a lot of people felt like Malik Willis was maybe ranked a little bit higher than what Kenny Pickett was. The hand size was an issue. That's what a lot of people were saying. Pittsburgh ended up going with the hometown kid. As Mike Tomlin said, they looked all around the world and they ended up drafting the guy that was across the street. 
Oh, that was a shocker to me. That was, I thought it was going to go with Malik Willis. Jerry, I'll let you go ahead. Me too, man. Uh, I mean, that right there, that just showcases that that, off, that that coach, that head coach, man, he has a great poker face, man, because all offseason, you know, he was there. We could see him uh, there in the, you know, during all this, you know, everything leading up, you could see how the coach was interacting with Malik Willis, and it looked like, like the Steelers were in love with Malik Willis, and we were all bought in that, you know what, Malik Willis is going to be their pick, and to see Malik Willis not be their pick, in fact, he fell in, into the third round, that was a, a, a big storyline. I think that that was one of the things that was, was going on, and uh, I think that, if anything, he fell into a great situation, though. I agree. Yeah, no, it was it was you know great situation for Kenny Pickett. Again, a lot of people thought Malik Willis was going to go, uh, but obviously that wasn't the case. And uh, everyone was just kind of caught caught off guard there while I was there. Well, when it happened, a lot of people were kind of questioning themselves, like, "Hey, like, what's Pittsburgh doing?" <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Pittsburgh is doing, and that's a good that's a good that's a good uh, question. Uh, I was talking to Walter, right, a part of the East West fam. Uh, I said, "Man, dude." You know, what did these theaters do? They went out there. After they got the quarterback, they went and got two more wide receivers when they still have two wide receivers that are viable right now in the league. I do like the George Pickens pick for the Steelers. And I, I do, like it, I, too. I think yeah, the but, Steelers got a nice young core, though, for the future. Don't get me wrong. Pickens looks like he has the that upside of being, a, you know, a top name in, in, in the pros. But, man, I don't know if you guys have seen a lot of his 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 uh, his work, man, that he, he – that's a that's a that's a strong young man that, that's, seen. that's coming with some attitude. I think, <laughs> I think when you get a quarterback, you need to you, you need to protect him. I think that the, the Steelers should have addressed the offensive line instead of going for luxury picks and wide receivers. There was so much wide receiver depth in the third and fourth rounds that you could have waited. Maybe got an offensive lineman to reassure that line. Give you know give give your running back uh, who looked phenomenal last year, right as a rookie. Given given him lanes to run the ball in, and and then of course give the protection to you, to your quarterback, whoever it may be, right? Because it's an open competition. They're saying it may be, um, Trubisky. Maybe, yeah, Trubisky. But, <laughs> you know, let's 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 see if it's Pickett. Hopefully, hopefully he can rely on that running game. Yeah, I would love to see Mitch get another opportunity to be a starting quarterback, and I think he might, I think he's going to beat out Kenny Pickett. And I mean, who knows if he's going to end up being the starting Pittsburgh. Uh, when it's all said and done, but I'm I'm pulling for Mitch, um, and then also the Falcons drafting Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. I mean, again, people were kind of confused. Like, did they really just do that? They did they draft him? What were you guys' uh, first reaction to when that? That kind of shocked me. That shocked me there too. But I do think he's made for the city of Atlanta. I like I like his stature. He had a pretty good career at Cincinnati, and they got him a few weapons there. They got um, they did draft they draft Drake London at the USC. And I don't know who else they got it right. They still got Kenny Pick, oh, not Kenny Pick, but Cal Cal Pitts at tight end or whatnot. So they got they got a little bit that the work down. We'd like to see the Falcons do more. But this year, we know these Falcons ain't doing that this year. So let's look forward to next year for the Falcons. Yeah, man, the Falcons are still uh, quite a ways away. They need. To- <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, they're going with Marcus Mariota. I know Marcus Mariota was a second round pick one year ago. I mean, not not one year ago. Uh, once upon a time, right. Uh, and the Falcons, I mean, literally, it's a new face, man. They don't have Matt Ryan anymore. In fact, Matty Ice is now a Colt, and I think the Colts did enough for him. They added him some weapons too. So it's just the NFL is just it's just great, great storylines 
but just to kind of add to that, I like kind of the situation for the Panthers too, man. Uh, I think finding Matt Corral where they did uh, and then be able to add some key pieces on the offensive line, that's also a team that, that looks like they have potential for the future to continue to grow. And, you know, the thing with Corral, I know that these reports came out, but overall he's from that generation and that 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 he's he faced off against Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, who a year ago were both first rounders. So Matt Corral's not like any any you know small time quarterback. You're talking about a quarterback that has a strong arm and a fast release. So uh it's really good when these quarterbacks don't like Ritter and Corral and Willis, they don't have to start right away. In fact, they're not even expected to start at all. So they're gonna actually learn. I mean, there might there might be there might be a storyline eventually that 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 a quarterback is gonna have to take over, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about Sam Darnold, man. He doesn't have me convinced, and I doubt they're gonna trade for Baker Mayfield at this point. I mean, and that's a whole different topic that we just talked about a couple weeks back. So who knows what's gonna happen with Baker? Uh, but with Matt Corral, some of them, some of the scouts out there were saying that he was the best quarterback in this year's draft. The biggest upside besides Malik Willis. And now, now let's go and talk about Malik Willis. So the Tennessee Titans, they trade away A.J. Brown. They ended up drafting um, wide yeah, receiver Burks. out of Arkansas. Burks. Burks. And then they drafted Malik Willis, which obviously is going to be sitting behind Ryan Tannehill for the time being. Now, Ryan Tannehill was in a press conference a couple days ago, and he said that he didn't feel like it was his position to help Malik Willis learn. He said if he learned behind him, great. If he had a question, he would try to help him out. But at the end of the day, that's his competition. What are you guys' thoughts? Well, we've seen in the past a lot of quarterbacks have come out and say this. I think I want to say Aaron Rodgers said that a couple of years back when they drafted Jordan Love. Um, I, I, I want, Did Ben Roethlisberger say it about Mason Rudolph? It was it was a bunch of quarterbacks that, that said this in the past. I can and, remember the Aaron Rodgers one. I, I, um, that one's too far back, man. I'm sorry. I'm already yeah, well, nevertheless, a, bu- a bunch of quarterbacks have said that in the past. So Ryan, T- Ryan Tannehill won't be the first to say it or whatnot. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens down there in Tennessee. Um, we saw the playoff game last year against um, Cincinnati. Ryan Tannehill struggled. So I'm thinking Rabel and the guys, they probably think, like, we got it. I, mean, I want to say he's 34, 35 years old. He getting up there or whatnot. And I think Magic, the um, Titans are thinking bigger picture. And that's why they got um, Malik Wilson and whatnot. I like this film. I like what he did and on college and whatnot, but, you know, I think he's still a year or two away from actually being able to start in Tennessee and whatnot, but they didn't do it no favor because they, they they took away one – they lost Julio Jones in all season. He's You know, he's always been injury-prone, and they traded away his best wide receiver. So, I mean, then you – I mean, you trade away the young, a young wide receiver, then you draft another one to fill the spot. So, it's be interesting to see what happens there in Tennessee. I like a it. A lot of moving parts. <laughs> I, like, I like it. I mean, I, I think I, – I mean, personally, I like it. I think it, it's uh, it's almost kind of reminiscence, right? Let's say with the Tennessee situation, it's kind of reminiscence of what the Vikings did with Stephon Diggs, man. I mean, what yeah. they do, they traded him away and they drafted Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson is a superstar wide receiver, just like Stephon Diggs, right? Uh, I'm a, and like you said, Malik Willis is man, he's gonna he's gonna be able to see how how quarterbacks go. I love what Kurt Warner stood up for him. I like that. That's great props. Man, if NFL players were like that, you know, especially the ones in the media that are doing what we do and kind of help us out, shout out to those kind of those those people, you know what I'm saying? Like they help us, you know, they help us make sure that we're on the right track. 
And, but now really quick, I mean, I get what Ryan Tannehill is saying. I really yeah. do because at the end of the day, that's your competition. That's your job. You're, you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, and there's only 32 positions of those, right? You so want essentially, for your job? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so look, he, he's there to replace Ryan Tannehill. Essentially, right. if Ryan Tannehill is going to be worth so much money, they're going to go the cheaper route. How many times have we seen that before? Plenty. Yeah. So, I mean, the, one of the situations that comes to mind is the Drew Brees situation. Now, I know it's, his is a little bit different because he messed up his shoulder the last uh, the last week of the season, but still they went with Phillip Rivers, the rookie quarterback. So, I mean, I definitely get what Ryan Tannehill is saying, but at the same time, it's like I feel for Malik Willis too. You're going into a situation, you know, you're hoping to kind of like grasp everything. And one of the reasons why he fell in the draft, people were saying, is because they didn't know if he was going to be able to understand a complex NFL offensive system because he only ran one deal while he was over there. He was in college. So that was one of the concerns that I heard. I mean, I heard it too, but I think, I think it's a great situation, man. I mean, <laughs> if anything, everything now, all the, all the weight's really on Brian Tannehill. Like now, I mean, yeah, the weight has been on him for a couple of years now, but now this is more pressure that he did not need. You know what I mean? I mean I think this would be Tannehill last year in Tennessee. Bearing, uh, bearing him playing lights out, I think it would be his last year down there. I mean, that's a good – I mean, that's that, I think that you could possibly get that right. There's a possibility. But what what is the uh, quarterback's best friend besides protection? It's a running back. Running game. That, they still got a running back there in Derrick Henry. Yeah, so that's definitely going to help out with the low. But, again, with no superstar wide receiver at the moment. And let's not forget about Robert Woods. He is coming off that torn ACL. So Ooh. we'll see how he produces this year coming up. But the running game is definitely going to help Ryan Tannehill. But he's definitely on the hot seat. Yes, I guess that's I guess that's it, right? <laughs> All right, guys. And just to kind of wrap up the twenty twenty two NFL draft recap, um, what's one of the things that stood out to you that maybe not a lot of people are talking about? Oof. Well, th- this is not really draft related. Well, it, well, it is draft related because it happened during the draft. Marquise Brown got traded. We didn't touch on that from the Ravens to the Cardinals. And now we got we kind of got some insight on what happened there with DeAndre Hopkins suspension and whatnot, but that was pretty unique there. That that was crazy. I what stood out to me is all the trades that happened that night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I don't know. I kind of want to vent about the Cowboys, man. You know, what I'm go saying? ahead. No, but uh, no, nah, I don't want to make it about Cowboys show because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm, it's pretty, not... I'm pretty sure with Kendall, he kind of has the same situation with the Patriots and you maybe with the Raiders also, but the Raiders did lock away. Uh, the best wide receiver to pair him up with with DC, right? So that's a good situation for the Raiders. But with the Cowboys, all I want to say to the Cowboy fans is I call this year the great reset for you. For us, <laughs> for us. it's literally a great reset. They they literally uh, twenty nineteen was 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 a chalk draft situation for the Cowboys trading for Amari Cooper and then trading him train him away this offseason. Uh, Tristan Hill wasn't the defensive tackle that that they thought he was. Connor McGovern wasn't. So what the Cowboys had to do, they had to go into this draft and go and specifically fix the 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 missing pieces to be able to retain the same team. So I think it's just a great reset for the Cowboys. It enables them to reset their 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 salary cap situation. Uh, because I mean they're gonna have to lock up some some players pretty soon, and and they start with Trevon Diggs and CD Lamb. So I can only imagine, especially with the the way the market is right now, with these these numbers are getting out of hand. 
I'm just happy the Raiders traded for Devontae Adams because there wasn't a receiver at whatever they picked that mm-hmm. is that Devontae Adams caliber. So I'm just happy they did that. I'll, I will say this about the Raiders, though. Now you have a window, man, and that window yeah. is not that long. So you got but maybe three. Two years, now. three years. Maybe three. I think all in all, it was a pretty good draft. Um, it was a great for you to be out there. We covered it here. I know we had a couple of live streams. It was just a great experience. I mean, we hope to see many more. All right. With that being said, thank you, everyone out there, for watching and listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there this weekend, and have a good night. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. ElectroCast. Transform your influence. Electric Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.